Hey, y'all. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am a host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving your kingdom, walk, and Y, building the Holy Spirit. So if you think you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching over on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any of our podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload. But for all of our returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to season five, episode 29 of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. So before I dive deep into this episode, I do have to invite my co-host, Holy Spirit, in. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for allowing me to be on this platform, to be speaking into this mic right now, Lord. The enemy definitely had plans not to allow this to happen. But Lord, with your grace, your mercy, your covering, you have protected me. And I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray that I am able to do exactly what you need me to do in this episode, you've kept me, and I will continue to move for you. You deserve all the praise, and I thank you for covering and watching over every single listener and viewer of this episode right now, Lord. You've designed them to be here right now in this moment, and I thank you, Lord, for your divineness, your sovereignness, your incredible planning, incredible attention to detail. We thank you for it, Lord. And we pray that as we continue through this failure series that we're able to get more healed and more healed and healed more and more so we can stop feeling as much as we do. We know failure will always be in the picture, but Lord, we know that with you, you cover all that failure and you give us your redeeming grace your redeeming love and we thank you for that lord so lord i pray as i go through this episode there are no technical difficulties and lord i pray that you continue to watch over us and lord i pray for more of you and way less of me in jesus name i pray amen all right so now that i welcome my co-host in let's go ahead and jump into the high and low portion of the episode So this portion of episode is used to big up God in any area of your life where you want to shout out and tell people the good things that he's done for you. And also is used for any low moments that you may have, any prayer requests that you have. We know that in this life, we will have high moments and we will have low moments and both have to be acknowledged. So that's what this portion of the episode is used for. So if you are interested in submitting a high or a low, you can always do so by submitting to our three platforms. 
over on social media is one of them. Our email address, obediencepodcast at gmail.com is the second. And the third option is going in the show notes and clicking the Google form, high and low submission. We are always checking all three of those areas. So definitely go and check those out if you are interested in submitting your high and lows. Now, I am for the month of November challenging you all to go ahead and submit what you are thankful for in this year of 2023 since we are in the thankful season. So make sure that you go ahead and tell us what you're thankful for. I think it's really important for us to get out our thankful reasons so people can know how good our how good our God is. So I definitely challenge you to do that. And if I get enough submissions, I will go ahead and do a bonus episode. All right. But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my high and low moments and then we'll get right into the episode. So you probably heard my prayer and you was just like, something happened. Well, glory to God. Literally, y'all, today is November 5th when I'm filming this and I have one chair. I have one chair, y'all. So I have a desk chair that I purchased for my room and my desk for work. I purchased it for work. And the chair is really comfortable. And so I have been pushing off buying the same chair for my podcast desk um, because it is expensive. I did, you know, invest in the chair for my work desk every single time. It's time for me to do something for the podcast. I just roll it up here every time. Okay. My mama is like sick of it. (laughs) She has told me, she was like, go find a chair that you want. I will sew into your ministry. I'm tired of you rolling the chair up and down. I have been procrastinating on doing that, but maybe it was in the plans for me to procrastinate because right now what I just discovered as a result of me rolling my chair up here from doing my makeup is something that I have to give God all the glory for. So I was rolling the chair up here to get ready to film for you all. And as I was coming through our entryway that leads into the podcast area, I look down and I see our outlet. It is completely burned y'all it's black and the light is off so I'm like maybe I'm seeing things so I went ahead and I pulled the chair on in and I cut the light on in and it has definitely burned I immediately just start thanking God I'm just like hallelujah thank you Lord because just from what I saw I could tell that it was bad it had the looks of what a house fire would start from And I was just praising God because I had no idea when it happened. And I felt like it happened last night while we were asleep. And I was just praising God for watching over us. And so I wanted to text it to my mama, who is currently not at the house, so she could see what's going on and call our electrician. And so I'm getting ready to take the picture. And so we have like a little table that's like in front of it because it's the entryway. You know, it's cute. And so I have to move the table to get like a good picture. And when I move the table, y'all, there is like black. You could tell it smoked. It was like black stains going up the wall to like the height of our table. And when I saw 
that it was worse than I even thought before. Like literally, it was on fire right there. I can see it from here. That's why I keep looking over there if you watch it on video. But it was, it had to be on fire to have had have those black stains going up the wall. And I just went into further praise mode. I thought if I was like super energetic, I wouldn't get emotional, <laughs> but I went into, maybe I need to wait because I don't want to be that person on the podcast, but I went into further praise mode because whew, God literally watched over us. I just, I get so full. It's literally, it literally just happened, y'all. So it's very fresh. I know I'm usually on here all poised and together, but I just can't thank God enough for watching over us. It was definitely something that could have just literally taken all of us out or caused a lot of damage if it didn't take us out. But God watched over us. He covered us. He has a covering over our lives and... I cannot just not give glory to him and let y'all know how he saved us this Sunday morning. And I'm very thankful um, for that and wanted to give that as my high. I'm going to go ahead and get off the subject. <laughs> but for my low, I just want y'all to pray. We don't know what's going on electrical with the house. Like I said, it just happened. So our electrician should be here soon today. So just pray that nothing else like this happens. And also pray that, that this doesn't affect my anxiety. And I'm not, I don't think about it. I, I want to have a peace of God in this situation. I'm very thankful that he watched over us. But you know, still like in situations like this, you can start to be anxious about things like this happening. So pray for me in that area, y'all. I don't want to be an emotional wreck the entire episode and and God has purposed me and graced me to still be here and I'm going to continue to do the work that he has designed me for because he saved me for a reason he saved us for a reason and, and I'm going to live out that reason and that's why I'm on this platform because it did cross my mind just I'll just film later I got to get myself together I'm not going to be able to really think on the topic but God allowed me to be here right now so I'm definitely going to get on this camera and speak on what he has told me to speak on and give praises to him for what he has done. Nobody can tell me that God didn't save us through that. For my audio listeners, just to make it easy, I'll put it in as a link so you guys can easily see it. But God is a good God. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the biblical background of the episode. All right, y'all. So we are currently in a four-part series where we are discussing the topic of failure. The hopes in this series is for us to learn the reasons why we fail so we can identify those reasons as they are happening and we can turn away and not fail because we are aware of the tricks that the enemy is doing to get us to fail. So I've already done two episodes. So in the first episode, I talked about how one of the first tricks that the enemy uses is he makes us lose our strength. And the quote of that episode that I took away is the mighty quote that God gave me is when 
we forget what our strength comes from, that's when we lose our strength. So as we get into seasons where we feel like we're losing strength, we need to tap into our strength. That means we need to get more into his word. We need to talk more to God. We need to worship more. And as a result, we will gain strength. And so in that first episode, I told you all that. And so now you have that tool to fight against the enemy trying to make you fail by losing strength. And in the second part of the series, I talked about that we fail when we fall short. And in the episode, I gave you three examples of biblical characters and how they fell short. The importance of that episode was even the most faithful can fall. So I talked about in the episode how we all in one point in our lives, we are going to fall It's just in our human nature. So I thought it very essential to give you the tools so you know it's not just me. Because I know me, myself, a lot of the times when I do fail, I feel like I'm the only person, the only Christian in this world who cannot do things how I'm supposed to do it. So I wanted to debunk that concept and share with you all some people in the Bible who actually failed. And so what I did in that episode is I showed you all how faithful that person was. And then I got into their actual fall. And then I talked about how they were still faithful after that fall. So the importance of that episode is you can still be faithful after you fall. And so in this episode is actually going to be a continuation of the previous episode because we're not going to get into the third definition just yet of the definition of fail, what I've been going through. I'm going to stay on the second definition of fail, which is to fall short in this episode because I want us to recognize what needs to be done after you fail because I think that's important as well okay so in this episode we're going to talk about what comes after failure I think it's very essential for us to know how to navigate after we failed because it helps us get back in our right standing with God then if we don't have the tools of how to move forward and keep going after we fail. So that's what we're going to learn in this episode, okay? Last week's episode, the focus scripture was Romans 3 and 23. And just to recap you guys on what that says, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So in this episode, I'm going to pick right up at that scripture and we're going to go into verse 24. So if we look at Romans 3 and 24, it says, They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This scripture is very essential coming right off of Romans 3 and 23. So just to read it all together, because it's a sentence. They just broke it into verses, but it's a comma after 3 and 23. So it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 24. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Yes, every person is going to fall at one point in their lives. But verse 24 tells us that we are justified after this fall because we have redemption through Jesus Christ. So the question of this episode that I want you guys to ponder on is, are you willing to follow Jesus even when you fail? And that right there is the pivotal moment in your failing process because you have two options. Like I mentioned in the last episode, you have the option of when you fall to stay down. But then you have the other option of when you fall to go ahead and get back up and keep moving. 
in Romans 3.24 tells us that we can get up and keep moving because we are justified by the grace of God and we have the redemption. Now, you may be like, okay, well, what's redemption? I did a whole episode on redemption, okay? So I want y'all to go check that out. I'm going to give you the short definition, but if you want to get into it a little bit more, go check out the episode that I have in the show notes. But the definition of redemption is to buy back and rescue with a ransom. And that is exactly what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. So Jesus submitted himself as a living sacrifice to cover all of our sins so he could buy us back, essentially, what the definition of redemption said. And so we are debt-free when it comes to sin because we have been rescued by Jesus Christ. Now, if we keep reading Romans 3 and go into verse 25 through 26, it explains this in detail. So verse 25 says, God presented himself as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he will be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit. Okay, we're going to take a little minute in this introduction to really get you guys to realize we have redemption. We don't have to be you don't have to stay down after you fall. In verse 25, I want to look at the part that says, because in his restraint, what this means is, picture this, you have an innocent man going to trial, being beaten as he is led to the place that he will be crucified. He's on the cross during his crucifixion and he's innocent through all of this, but he is restraining himself from not giving up or not saying, okay, I'm innocent. He's restraining himself so he could give us the total sacrifice. So because of his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God accepted him as that pure sacrifice, okay? And also as another supplemental podcast episode for you all to watch, I did an episode where I talked about how Jesus is connected to the Passover and his crucifixion has a lot of influence by the Passover. So I'll link that as well. It's a great little, if you like to do deep dives <laughs> into things. But from Romans 3, 23, all the way through verse 26, we see that we have the right to get back up after we have failed. There is no reason to live in that failure. And so this episode is going to guide you all through being willing to follow Jesus after your failure, because it's really up to you if you're going to continue to follow him. We have full access to continue to follow him because we have redemption. It's been paid in full. So all we have to do is just make the decision to ask for forgiveness and he will forgive us. So in this episode, I'm going to give you the steps that you have to take after you failed. And in each one of those steps, I'm going to give you biblical background as to how our biblical characters continue from their failure as well. And so in last week's episode, I did mention when I told you the story of David that I was going to get into more detail in this episode on what was really done after his whole situation with Bathsheba. Okay, we're going to get into that. The first step that is required after you have failed is repentance. Repentance is required after you failed. Now, 
like I mentioned, we are all justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, okay? But we do have to take our sins to God and turn away from our sins. Now, I would not use it as a best practice to just continue to do a sin and just, I'll just ask for forgiveness. That's not best practice. <laughs> best practice would be literally asking for forgiveness and then turning away from that sin. And that's literally what the definition of repentance is. I wanted to actually read it out of my study Bible. So this is in the dictionary of my study Bible. It says, to experience sorrow for and seek to change wrong behavior. So when I say repentance is required, I literally mean you must turn away from whatever it is that made you fail. Turn away from that sin. And that is exactly what David had to do after the situation with Bathsheba and Uriah. So let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 12. So remember from last week's episode, I talked about how David didn't go out to war like he was supposed to. That was the first reason as to why he fell in the first place. He was supposed to be in war in the spring, but instead he sent Joab. And he was on his roof and he saw this woman named Bathsheba. He knew that Bathsheba was Uriah's wife. He chose to sleep with her anyway. He got her pregnant and then he tried to cover up his sin. And as a result of trying to cover up his sin, Uriah lost his life. And David is thinking he's in the clear because he's married Bathsheba at this point. And he thinks everything is good. Everybody's going to believe the baby is his. But God is like, mm-mm. No, 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 no. I see everything. I know everything that's happened. So what God decides to do is he sends Nathan to David, okay? And so when Nathan got to David, he gave him a little parable. And so the parable says, verse 1 of chapter 12, there were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very large flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one small ewe lamb that he bought. He raised her and she grew up with him and with his children. From his manger, food she would eat, from his cup she would drink, in his arms she would sleep. She was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man could not bring himself to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for his guest. So when David hears this, David becomes infuriated because he was like, this rich man just took this poor man's lamb, the only lamb that he had, the lamb that he loved so much, the lamb that was like a daughter to him. <laughs> Verse five says, David was infuriated with the man and said, Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die because he has done this thing and showed no pity. He must pay four lambs for that one lamb. So David didn't know this was a parable. And so after David finishes talking, Nathan says in verse seven, you are the man. So then Nathan starts telling David basically God's rebuke. God tells him about himself. He's like, look, I chose you as the king of Israel. I rescued you from Saul so many times. And I know what you did. You struck down Uriah. So you could take his wife as your own wife. And so David learns of his consequences 
of his failure. At times when you fail, there are going to be consequences. And just to let you guys know, we're going to talk about those consequences in next episode. Because I don't want y'all to just think failure is all perfect. Because it's not. At times when you fail, God can turn that failure into something beautiful. But he, at times, does provide consequences to those failures as well. And so we will get into that in next episode. But just know that David did have some consequences to his failure. David learns of his consequences of his failure. The Lord says through Nathan to David, I am going to bring disaster on you from your own family. I will take your wives and give them to another before your very eyes, and he will sleep with them in broad daylight. You acted in secret, but I will do this before all of Israel and in broad daylight. But David's response after he hears this, is the most pivotal thing in your failure process. What David says is, in verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. He acknowledges what he has done. And not only does he acknowledge what he's done, he's also repenting for what he has done. And after he repents, Nathan tells David, In verse, still verse 13, and the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. Now, this is very essential because this is the grace. David was supposed to be taken off this earth, but God graced him. So there were consequences, but he still received grace in their failure. And same thing happened to us. We'll talk about that more next episode. But he doesn't have to die because of his failure. The Lord has taken away his sin, and he's not going to die. But however, I have to acknowledge this. Bathsheba and David's son that she's currently pregnant with will not survive. Verse 15 says, The Lord struck the baby that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became deathly ill. But in this moment, David didn't go against God. He still has so much faith in God. The baby does pass away, and after the baby passes away, Verse 20 tells us, David got up from the ground, he washed, anointed himself, changed his clothes, went to the Lord's house, and worshipped. He turned away from his failure. He kept moving. He did not let that failure define him. And that's why repentance is so important. Not only do we have to ask God for forgiveness, but we also have to turn away from the thing that made us fail. And that is going to result in true change in your life. So the point that I wanted to make in this section where we're talking about David is God will forgive you. God forgave David back in the day when Jesus Christ wasn't a thing. They didn't have the grace that Jesus puts on us. We have God's grace through Jesus. We have a weapon. We have a tool that they didn't have back in the day. They didn't have this tool, but God still presented him with grace by not taking him away. So if God did this for David before Jesus was even a thing, what do you think he'll do for you? Now that we have the grace of Jesus, he is going to forgive you. It's already purchased, paid in full. When Jesus said it is finished on that cross, we're justified. We're completely justified. So the first thing you have to do 
after you have failed is you have to repent. Turn away from the thing that made you fail. Whether it was living too much in the world, whether it was gossiping, whether it was watching a show you shouldn't have watched, listening to music that you shouldn't have listened to, whatever it was that caused you to either lose your strength, that caused you to fall short, whatever that thing was, turn away from it. God will forgive you. Now, the second thing that is required after you have failed is to return to Jesus. Return to God. I'm going to speak for myself, nobody else. (laughs) But at times when I have failed, I like to catapult (laughs) away from God, okay? I don't want no contact because I feel so guilty. You know, I know that he has forgiven me, but I feel guilty because I'm just like, Shay, you could have done better. You could have done better. But there's no reason for us to hide away from God. There's no reason. I I like to picture like the whole story of Adam and Eve because, you know, like after they ate from the tree, they hear from God. Like he knows everything, but that's how we can be. But in this section where we're talking about returning to Jesus, I wanted to pick up off from Peter's story that I talked about last week. So we know last week Peter failed. He denied Jesus three times, but Jesus had already warned him that that would happen. Okay. But I thought it was very essential for us to talk about how Peter moved forward after he failed because he did not let that failure hold him hostage. So the first thing I want to talk about is we knew last week that Jesus told Peter that he would deny him. But I wanted to go back a little further to when Jesus first met Peter, because even back then, Jesus already knew what Peter would do. He knew who Peter was already. He knew who Peter was so much and he knew what Peter would do for him that he changed his name. If we go to John chapter one, verse 42, it tells us that when Simon, which is Peter's original name, when he comes to Jesus, Jesus saw him and he said, you are Simon, son of John. You will now be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. And do y'all know what that means? That means rock. I want to read an excerpt that comes from my study Bible. This is the Life Application Bible. I have a link in the show notes if you guys are interested in purchasing. But it says, Jesus saw not only who Simon was, but who he would become. This is why he gave him a new name. Peter in Greek means rock. Then just to give us a little bit more context, it says Peter is not presented as rock solid through the Gospels, but we learn in the book of Acts that he became a solid rock in the days of the early church. By giving Simon a new name, Jesus introduced a change in his character. Jesus knew who Peter would become. He knew Peter would be a rock. And so after Peter failed and denied Jesus three times. He had two options, the same two options that I've been telling you guys. He could have, like, continued to live in that failure, or he could have continued on from that failure. And he decided to continue to move on. Um, I think the scripture says he wept, pretty much meaning that he remembered what God said and he acknowledged what he had did, and he knew he had failed. 
So we know that Peter chose to continue to move forward for Jesus. But the thing that is really important that we have to remember after we failed is God selected you before you failed, knowing that you would fail. So if he already knew that you would fail, of course, after you have failed, he's going to still select you. And he did exactly this for Peter. And I thought it was so loving how he did it for Peter because it parallels so perfect to Peter denying Jesus three times when Jesus goes back and tells Peter, like, you are still selected to do this thing for me. He does it three times clarifying that you are still the one that I selected. So let's go to John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. And if we are looking at the CSV translation, it's literally translated as Jesus's threefold restoration of Peter. It's so kind. I love it so much. So this is after Jesus has been resurrected at this point. And so the disciples, they're eating breakfast right now. And Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And then the second time Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says, shepherd my sheep. And then a third time Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And so then Peter becomes grieved and he says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> so good. If you guys don't know, feed my sheep means preach the gospel. Tell the world about me. Tell the world about the good news. And he was telling Peter to do this. And he told him three times. Now, I want to read an excerpt out of my study Bible because I just loved how it broke down exactly what Jesus was doing in this moment. So let me go to it. So this is what the excerpt says. In this beach scene, Jesus led Peter through an experience that will remove the cloud of his denial. Peter had disowned Jesus three times. Three times, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. When Peter answered yes, Jesus told him to feed his sheep. It is one thing to say you love Jesus, but the real test is your willingness to serve him. Peter had repented, repented what I told you you have to do, repentance is required. So Peter had already repented. And here, Jesus was asking him to commit his life to him. Peter's life changed when he realized who Jesus was. His occupation changed from fisherman to evangelist. His identity changed from impetuous to rock. And his relationship to Jesus changed. He was forgiven and he finally understood the significance of Jesus' words about his death and resurrection. Isn't that so kind and loving? When we fail, not only will God forgive us, but he will be so loving and kind to us and make sure that that doubt, that, that I'm not good enough, he will make sure that we know that we are, one, still loved, two, we have the same place that we've always had with him, and three, he still needs us. He will meet us in that area. Now, I know when I feel God met me in that area because he was still being kind to me. He still would give me episodes. He still would connect me to people who would come to my Bible study and reassure me that I was still doing this good thing for God. He did that 
after my failure. And he was very kind, too, because he kept chasing after me after my failure. Return to Jesus is very important because he's already sitting there waiting for you. And he's going to reassure you that he's been waiting for you. He will show you something to let you know, like, hey, look, I know you did this, but I still got this for you. Just like he did for Peter. His little sly way of, look, I know what you did, Peter. He said it three, his little sly, his little sly way of being like, yeah, Peter, I know what you did, is three times he said it. Isn't that so, isn't that so kind? Isn't that so good? Isn't that so loving? He'll, he treats us the same way. And after this conversation, Peter continues to move boldly throughout his life. Okay, we see all the boldness in the book of Acts. And it's, I, th- I do not think it's by happenstance that I'm currently in the book of Acts studying with Seek Bible Study. Like, God wanted me to see failure. He wanted me to see how Peter continued to move boldly after his failure. I've, I've done deep studies, okay? Peter didn't move like he did in the Gospels. Peter was unwavering for God and Jesus after that moment with Jesus on that beach when he was like, shepherd my sheep. And Peter said, bet, <laughs> okay? If we go to Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 22, we'll see a scenario where Peter and his men, they are arrested and told, hey, well, you need to stop preaching, okay? Stop stop this. And for a person who had, before Jesus died, denied him three times, you would think, oh, yeah, he's just going to fall into his same little routine. He's going to stop. No, 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 no. This is not what happened to Peter, okay? This is not what happened. In verse 18 of Acts 4, it says, So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and you know what they said? Peter and John said, Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. He did not back down. This wasn't the Peter where he was like, oh, no, I don't know that man. This wasn't the same Peter. Peter had completely changed. And this is what God can do for us after we failed. We don't have to be that same person that we were in our failure. God will make us even bolder for him after we have failed and returned to him. And this isn't the only instance. Like, Peter got even bolder, y'all. Peter, Peter, child. Peter was a force to be reckoned with after he knew who he was in God. And he knew that God would always be there. Peter had so much power. Peter had so much of the power of Jesus running in him that he was going through the towns. He was healing people and preaching the word of Jesus that Acts 5, 14 through 15 says. Believers were added to the Lord, increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them and heal them. That's how much power Peter had running through him. And this is after he's failed. (laughs) Afterwards. Now, the important part of this section is God will still use you. After you have failed, God will still use you. Even at times, he'll use you 10 times more. After Peter failed, God didn't just put him to the side and say, oh, well. No, he came to him, he reassured him, and Peter moved boldly for Jesus and God up until he died. There was no more, oh, I don't know this man, sorry to this man, there was no more of that. Peter continued to move boldly for the kingdom of God after his failure. 
God still used him. And if you failed, God will still use you. You just have to return to him first. It is the enemy's job to convince us that Jesus no longer needs you. That's his whole point in making you fail. Because when you fail, you think that you've lost your position. You think that you've lost your anointing. You think that you've lost your power. But none of that is lost. If he can get you to fail and think that you're no longer worthy, then he knows that you won't be able to live this thing out for Jesus. You won't be able to do the things that Jesus needs you to do. And so we have to know as believers, that when we fall, God is still waiting right there for us, and he's still going to use us. He already knew that failure would happen. He has a backup plan, and we have to trust that. And I don't know why y'all wouldn't trust it. It's written so clearly in the story of Peter. God used Peter ten times more. So just like God still used Peter, God will still use you. So return to him. Now, with that being said, let's get into the last thing that you have to do after you failed. So the last thing you must do after you failed is transform your mind. Y'all probably know this famous scripture, Romans 12 and 2, that says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. It is so essential for you to transform your mind after you failed. So, like I mentioned before, the enemy can't continue to use that failure against you. You cannot become a slave to your failure. You have to let that failure go. And in order to let that failure go, you have to transform your mind and know that not only has God forgiven me for this failure, he's also forgotten about this failure. So I have someone that we haven't talked about yet, but the way that he was able to transform his mind, transform his life is a great example of, yeah, you may have failed before. But yeah, God is still going to use you and you cannot let who you were before hinder how God is going to use you. And I'm talking about mighty Apostle Paul. Now, Paul had a life before Paul, okay? Literally, he, he, he was Saul. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 in the CSB translation is titled Saul the Persecutor. Do you know what persecutors did to Christians? What was happening in this chapter? We have a man named Stephen. Stephen is very devout for the church, and he is very filled with the Spirit. And so he had just finished his powerful sermon. People still decided to put Stephen to death. In verse 8, it tells us Saul agreed with putting him to death. It says, on that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Verse 3 continues to tell us just how bad Saul was. Verse 3, Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. He was a very devout persecutor. You know, one thing I learned about Paul, he was devout. 
and whatever he was going to do. And before he became Paul, he was very devout in making sure he was a persecutor. And so his persecution skills, they continued. So Saul is so devout in making sure he's persecuting people. He goes to the high priest and he requests a permission. Can he go to Damascus so he can find more Christians and continue to persecute them? He's going out of his way. And of course, the high priest is like, oh, yeah, of course you can do that. So Saul is on the road headed to persecute these Christians. And while he's on the road, he has a life changing conversion where his mind was forever transformed. Verse three, it says, as he traveled and was near in Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul says, who are you, Lord? Jesus responds, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, period. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. He got up and did what Jesus told him to do. Saul went blind for a little while as well. (laughs) He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. And so there was a disciple named Ananias. And Jesus told Ananias, hey, go and speak to Saul. And Ananias knows who Saul is. Saul has a reputation for persecuting people. And Ananias is like, I'm not. Are you sure? God tells Ananias all the plans that he has for Saul before he goes to speak to him. In verse 15, the Lord tells Ananias, This man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And so then Ananias is obedient. He does go to Saul. His name is Saul at the time. When Ananias entered Saul's house, it says he placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so then his sight comes back. He gets baptized and he starts proclaiming Jesus in synagogues right after that Saul never allowed who he was before to define who he was going forward. He didn't have this period of time where he's like, well, Lord, I'm not worthy enough to do this. I was just persecuting all your people. He knew who God was. He had had a personal experience with Jesus and he knew he was wrong and he turned his life around. He renewed his mind. And he was able to do mighty things in the kingdom of God. And he was chosen to preach to the Gentiles. And eventually his name does become Paul. (laughs) So scripture tells us that he goes on to do great things for the Gentile people. Now, one thing that I want to point out in this story is God transformed Saul into Paul because he had a plan for him. Even after he was a persecutor, was a devout devout persecutor at that, even after being so devout in his persecution, God knew who Saul was going to be. And even through all of that failure, he still had plans to transform Saul into Paul. I say that to say, God will transform you. Do not allow your failure to define you and not allow you to move forward. Because God, he already has 
a plan for you after your failure. And he had a great plan for Paul after his failure. I already told y'all that he was selected to spread the word to the Gentiles. But I thought it only right to share with you all how transformed Paul was after he was selected. So after Paul is selected, he begins to get persecuted himself. And I want y'all to see how he responded in his persecution. So let's go to Acts chapter 14. So what's happening now, this is after Paul was selected to go and preach to the Gentile people with Barnabas. They're on their journey and they're preaching to all these people. So they are in Lystra at this moment and they've been preaching to the people. But there are some Jews from Antioch and they won over the crowds. And as a result, the crowds begin to stone him. In verse 19, it says they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. They stoned him so much to the point where they thought he had passed away. That's how bad he was being persecuted. But in the scripture, it tells us Paul got up and went into the next town. It was like he got up like unfazed. He went into the next town, Derby, and continued to preach. And it goes on. At one point, he gets imprisoned. If we go to Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they end up in jail. But as they were in prison, it doesn't say that Paul was downing himself. Paul was not believing in God anymore. What it says is Paul was praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. He was still proclaiming the good news even in prison. Paul never let his past affect him. He literally had a transforming moment on the road to Damascus and he never turned back. He continued to be sold out for God. Now, did that mean that Paul was a perfect person after his transformation? No. But what it did mean is he was going to be adamant in spreading the word of God and fulfilling the mission that God had delivered to him. He allowed God to completely transform his mind, his faith, and his spirit. And that is what we should do as well. After we have failed, we have to transform our mind away from how we failed and the consequences of those failures so we don't become a slave to that failure. It can be a part of our past, but it does not have to be included in our present. God has seen who you are after that failure, and he wants you to see who you are. After that failure, he doesn't see that person who failed. He sees that person who was sold out for me, that person who I have on this mission to get all these souls, this person who I've given this ministry to. That's who he sees. So don't become a slave to your failure. Let that failure go and become the best person, the most devout person to what God has selected you to do. With that being said, I want to recap the three things that you should do after failure. First is you have to repent. You have to ask for forgiveness and turn away from the thing that made you fail. The second thing is you have to return to Jesus. If we run away from Jesus, run away from God, we'll never realize the place that we have has never been taken away. And the third thing you must do is you have to transform your mind and not become a slave to your failure. 
be encouraged in this episode that failure is not all of who you are. Failure is not your identity. Your identity is found in Christ. Remember that. So I want to go ahead and do a little short prayer for anybody out there who is dealing with failure and they're trying to work through these three steps, trying to get over that failure. I want to do a prayer for you and then we're going to wrap up this episode. Father God, I want to thank you for delivering us these three things to help us get past the failure. Thank you for always equipping us with the tools that we need to be the best versions of ourselves. Lord, I pray for that person who feels like they can't be forgiven. I pray that they can realize that you are just waiting for them and you are going to forgive them. You're just sitting there waiting. And when they come to you, Lord, I pray that they have the strength to repent. Lord, I pray that they will stop running from you. I pray that they realize that you're right behind them, chasing after them. Lord, I pray that their minds will be renewed and the enemy will no longer have dominion over their mind to make them think that you are not there for them. You are there for us in our failures. You are there for for us in our success. And we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that these people, they can feel your peace. They can feel your powers. They can feel your presence as they go throughout their day and know that not only have you forgiven them, you have always been there for them through this entire journey. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. So that's all that I have for you all. Remember, next week's episode will wrap up this series. And I'm going to talk to you all on the consequences of failure. And that's going to be a really important episode because I do want you all to know that while God can work things out and make them so good, can work things out and make your failure turn to good, that there are consequences at times. Okay. So we're going to get into that next week. But before y'all leave, y'all know I have two questions for y'all. I ask every single episode. So what was your key takeaway? And also, did you learn anything new? If you're watching over on YouTube, you can comment in the comment section. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can comment in the Q&A portion of the app. I love to hear from you guys. I want this to be like a small group community. So definitely let me know so we can have some discourse in the comment section. All right. And speaking of the comment section, If you are currently watching right now on the YouTube premiere, I see you, we see each other. I thank y'all so much for taking time out of your night and spending it with me. It means the world to me. If you want to be a part of the premiere family, I do premiere the podcast on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can click that link in the show notes to subscribe to my YouTube channel and make sure you hit that bell notification so it will notify you whenever we are going live. But in the YouTube premiere, we're able to chat with one another in real time and it's a great time. It's a great fellowship opportunity. And then if you are listening on the podcast and platforms, don't think I have forgotten about y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening to my little podcast. I really thank you all so much for it. If you are a audio listener, go to the last post on the social media platform and comment a boat emoji. So I know that you are an audio listener and I can give you a very special thank you. And then last but not least, I have to give a very special shout out to everyone over on my Patreon. Thank you to all of my patrons. You are supporting the ministry over and above and it means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you do not know, I do have a Patreon where I have four different tiers. And over there, we have behind the scenes content. We have 
exclusive videos. We have scripture cards. So much goes on over there. And it's just a way to give people who want to support the ministry something for supporting the ministry. Okay. So if you are interested, you can click the link in the show notes and check out which tier works best for you. Now, regardless of wherever you are watching or listening, I want you all to share this episode with five of your friends. Sharing is going to help build the podcast, get this message out to more people. So I encourage you to go ahead and be a digital disciple and share, share, share. And do not forget what the challenge is for this month. I want you all to let me know what you are thankful for, for this year of 2023. Okay. And if you do have a testimony that you want to share with the podcast we are accepting guests to come on the podcast for testimony tuesday that google form link is in the show notes as well just fill that out me and my team will be in contact with you to schedule an interview so with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here thank y'all so much for taking time out to listen to this episode i pray that it really has helped you i know it helped me so i pray it has helped you as well but with that being said i am gonna go ahead and get up out of here i pray that this episode found you blessed and i pray that it left you even more blessed but in the meantime in between time as always be obedient and i will see y'all next week ciao